Hello, this is Susan Marie and welcome to The Human Condition, a conversation with you based upon everyday observations that all of us experience made simple. You can catch these on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and by subscribing to my newsletter, suemarie.substack.com. Most things I speak of are linked for further study in the data section of the show. Personal boundaries are guidelines, rules, or limits that a person creates to identify reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for other people to behave towards them and how they will respond when someone passes those limits. And they're built out of a mix of conclusions, beliefs, opinions, attitudes, past experiences, and social learning. But boundaries help to define an individual by outlining likes and dislikes and setting the distances one allows others to approach. And that includes physical, mental, psychological, and spiritual boundaries involving beliefs, emotions, intuitions, and self-esteem. Personal boundaries operate in two directions, affecting both the incoming and outgoing interactions between people. One self-concept, also called self-construction, self-identity, self-perspective, or self-structure, is a collection of beliefs about oneself. Generally, self-concept embodies the answer to who am I? But self-concept is different from self-awareness and self-esteem. Self-concept is made up of one's self-patterns of thinking and behavior and interacts with self-esteem, knowledge, and the social self to form the self as a whole. It includes the past, present, and future selves, where future selves or possible selves represent individuals' ideas of what they might become, what they would like to become, or what they are afraid of becoming. Possible selves may function as incentives for certain behavior. Psychologist Carl Rogers and Abraham Maslow had major influence in popularizing the idea of self-concept. According to Rogers, everyone strives to reach an ideal self. Rogers also hypothesized that psychologically healthy people actively move away from roles created by others' expectations and instead look within themselves for validation. In addition, with people who are toxic or have unhealthy boundaries in place, their self-concepts do not match their experiences. They are afraid to accept their own experiences as valid, so they distort them either to protect themselves or to win approval from others. According to Carl Rogers, self-concept has three different components. The view you have of yourself, which is self-image, how much value you place on yourself, which is self-esteem or self-worth, and what you wish you really were like, your ideal self. And this brings me to setting healthy boundaries. A boundary is a limit or space between you and the other person, a clear place where you begin and the other person ends. And the purpose of setting a healthy boundary is to protect and take good care of yourself. Healthy boundaries are those boundaries that are set to make sure mentally and emotionally you are stable and healthy, and boundaries are a crucial component of self-care. A lack of healthy boundaries can negatively affect all aspects of your life. The three most common categories of boundaries are physical, personal space and touch considerations, mental, thoughts and opinions, and emotional, feelings. Nina Brown, author of Children of the Self-Absorbed, proposed four boundary types. One, soft. This is a person with soft boundaries and it merges with other people's boundaries. Someone with a soft boundary is easily a victim of psychological manipulation. Two, spongy. A person with spongy boundaries is like a combination of having soft and rigid boundaries. They permit less emotional contagion than soft boundaries, but more than those with rigid. People with spongy boundaries are unsure of what to let in and what to keep out. Three, 
rigid. A person with rigid boundaries is closed off or walled off so nobody can get close either physically or emotionally. This is often the case if someone has been the victim of physical, emotional, psychological, or sexual abuse. Rigid boundaries can be selective that depend on time, place, or circumstances and are usually based on a bad previous experience in a similar situation. And flexible. Flexible boundaries are similar to spongy, rigid boundaries, but the person exercises more control. The person decides what to let in and what to keep out and is resistant to emotional contagion and psychological manipulation and difficult to exploit. The first step in boundary setting is to decide where you fit in those four types of boundaries. Are you spongy, rigid, soft, or flexible? Once you acknowledge your boundary type, you can take steps to develop healthy boundaries. The first step to develop a boundary and test whether it is a healthy one or not is to ask, does the boundary that I am setting promote wellness or cause a lack of wellness for all parties? If the boundary promotes growth and wellness, then the second step is to communicate that boundary. This does not mean the other person will listen or respect the boundary. However, that is when enforcing the boundary to see if the other person is willing to compromise or commit to the boundary is integral. For example, in a teacher-student relationship, a teacher might set healthy boundaries by choosing to keep their personal lives separate from their professional lives by not telling their students too much about their private lives. Another setting in which healthy boundaries is crucial is in a romantic partnership. One example would be a person asking their partner for one night each week alone as opposed to seeing each other daily. Another example would be a new mother asking her partner to take on more responsibility with their baby, such as giving baths, going to the park, etc., so that she can have more time to herself. In addition, Parents might ask their child never to enter their bedroom without knocking first in order to maintain privacy, and children might ask their parents to never read their diaries or journals or go in their room so they can maintain some privacy of their own. The integral aspect of boundary setting is rather than fostering resentment towards another, instead try to set and communicate your boundaries. Now boundaries just don't occur overnight. You have to face a lot of fears you have and have various experiences in order to understand yourself, your likes and dislikes, what disrespect means to you, and how far you have grown in your own self-discovery. Your boundaries will change as you grow. You will need to get clear about what you want and why you want it and what you do not want and why. You will need to be clear because some of your fears are true and some are not because some of what you think you want is not actually what you want. For example, 10 years ago, I may not have minded going the extra mile for someone that I knew was not 100% deserving of my time and attention. Today, I never do that. In order for me to go that extra mile, the individual must show me that they indeed do love themselves and have healthy self-esteem. In addition, when you set certain boundaries, people by you may become angry because they're used to you not having boundaries for your own self-care, which is healthy, and you may lose relationships. Just let people go, let them leave. If someone does not recognize your worth, then they were not a true friend to you, let alone a healthy, intimate relationship. Those that recognize your worth will fight for you. They will want to keep you in their lives. And sometimes, even when people fight to keep you, you still have to let them go because they have become toxic to your very existence. You certainly realize who your friends are when you start setting boundaries. However, when you take care of yourself and lose relations over that, you then open yourself up for better opportunities and relationships. And these boundaries apply to family, friends, lovers, neighbors, the workplace, peers, every single human being that you come into contact with. 
Boundaries are a fine balance between communicating needs and actively observing and listening to one another at all relations. In addition, always communicate your boundaries in a loving manner. There's no reason to be cruel, unless of course the other person is abusive, and even in that case, it is simply best to calmly speak your mind and heart and then continue to carry on with your own self-care. Also, remember, there is no quick fix. There are behaviors of your own you must work on and recognize every day. Setting boundaries may not be easy at first for you or others, but in order to obtain the purest form of self-concept and to stay healthy, boundaries are necessary. So I have a few tools and exercises for you to try. This is a simple boundary awareness exercise with two parts. First, think of one person anywhere that's bringing up a challenge to you or putting demands on you. And imagine yourself with this person in the situation where they're making these demands on you. And ask yourself, when did this last happen? And please do not judge yourself or think what you or they can do. Just observe yourself in this situation and watch yourself interact with the other person as you set your boundaries. What is happening for you? Feel in your physical body any sensations and ask yourself, what am I thinking and feeling? And go through this process. Focus on thinking and feeling and when the scene is done, write down the answers to the questions and ask yourself what boundaries have been broken, how did you react, and what are you communicating to the person verbally and non-verbally. This not only shows how another is crossing your boundaries, but it also shows you your own unhealthy behaviors that may need to be modified. Secondly, how to express a positive no. When you do not want to do something, just say no, simply but firmly, without the need to over-explain. Over-explaining is a crucial aspect of setting boundaries, as everyone has the right to determine what they do and do not want to do. Also, keep the focus on yourself. For example, instead of setting a boundary by saying something like, you have to stop bothering me after work, a person can say, I need some time to myself when I get back from work. For example, I never work on Wednesday. My boss called me early Wednesday morning. I had just woken up to ask me if I could work the entire day until 9 p.m. because people had called off work and there was no one to cover a shift and a half. On this day, I already made plans and I was not willing to break my plans, which included preset appointments. I set my boundary by expressing a positive no, by communicating to my boss. I apologize I am unable to help today. I would normally come in. However, today I have preset appointments and do not wish to cancel them. My boss was agreeable and understanding of my situation and thanked me for answering quickly and responding to the call. I then thanked my boss and everything was fine. Had I agreed to work, I would have broken many of my own boundaries as well as appointments made upsetting other schedules and other people's boundaries. By expressing a positive no, I did not upset anyone, especially my boss, and thanked them for asking me. I made this about myself, not about coworkers or the workplace or my boss. Now, this is not going to occur in every situation. However, this is a basic example of setting a positive note. You can practice setting boundaries with people you trust. So when you need to implement a positive note, you already feel comfortable doing so. And this leads me to toxicity. The first step on the path towards true strength is learning to be gentle with ourselves. Complimenting ourselves, recognizing our own best attributes, honoring our bodies, creating a safe space for ourselves, making room for joy. This is the path that leads to gentle strength. Boundaries in relationships can be especially important because when one person is in control of another, love cannot grow deeply and fully and there is no freedom. In other words, boundaries can be the difference between a healthy, happy relationship and a toxic, dysfunctional relationship. 
Codependence Anonymous recommends setting limits on what members will do to and for people and on what members will allow people to do to and for them as part of their efforts to establish autonomy from being controlled by other people's thoughts, feelings, and problems. Codependency involves placing a lower priority on one's own needs while being excessively preoccupied with the needs of others. Codependency can occur in any type of relationship, including family, work, friendship, and also romantic, peer, or community relationships. While a healthy relationship depends on the emotional space provided by personal boundaries, codependent personalities have difficulty in setting limits. So defining and protecting boundaries efficiently may be a vital part of regaining mental health. And in a codependent relationship, the codependent sense of purpose is based on making extreme sacrifices to satisfy another's needs. Codependent relationships signify a degree of unhealthy clinginess where one person does not have self-sufficiency or autonomy. And one or both parties depend on the other for fulfillment instead of depending upon themselves for fulfillment. There is usually an unconscious reason for continuing to put another person's life first often for the mistaken notion that self-worth comes from other people. The National Alliance on Mental Illness tells us that establishing and maintaining values and boundaries will improve the sense of security, stability, predictability, and order. In a family, even when some members of the family resist and contends that boundaries encourage a more relaxed, non-judgmental atmosphere and that the presence of boundaries need not conflict with the need for maintaining an understanding atmosphere. Also, unequal relations of political and social power influence the possibilities for marking cultural boundaries and, more generally, the quality of life of individuals. Unequal power in personal relationships, including abusive relationships, can make it difficult for individuals to mark boundaries. One must remember that anger is a normal emotion that involves a strong, uncomfortable, and emotional response to a perceived provocation. Often, it indicates when one's personal boundaries are violated. However, anger may be utilized effectively by setting boundaries or escaping from dangerous situations. Now, I included links to printable boundaries and worksheets that can help you set healthy boundaries in all aspects of your life. Please check them out, download, read, share with others, and apply these to your everyday. The sheets include culture, faith, identity, gender, social structure, relationships, family abuse, disorders, children, and the workplace. In addition, there are two links to free online courses for creating a better life titled Live a Brighter Life and Setting Healthy Boundaries called Train the Trainer. They both can help yourself and others by being an advocate for learning and teaching positive boundaries. Setting healthy boundaries is a crucial part of life and an important aspect of any self-care practice. Someone who is not used to setting boundaries might feel guilty or selfish when they first start out, but setting boundaries is necessary for mental health and well-being. Appropriate boundaries can look very different depending on the setting and it's important to set them in all aspects of one's life. While setting boundaries is crucial, it is even more crucial to respect the boundaries that others have set for themselves. This goes for parents, children, romantic partners, bosses, co-workers, and anyone who interacts with or has power over anyone else. Respect is a two-way street and appreciating the boundaries others have set for themselves is as important as setting boundaries for oneself. Please share this podcast tell others, and join me next week for more interesting discussion and check out last week's episode on the weight of being human.